Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Cindy and I understood that it's one thing to be involved in the ideation, to encourage ideation, to get people to find a home, to test and validate their ideas, etc. But then once you're actually up and running as a business, you always have needs, opportunities, threats, gaps. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 456 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Craig Fairweather. Craig is the CEO of Canberra-based social enterprise intermediary, the Millhouse Ventures. Since their inception in 2016, the Millhouse Ventures has gained an enviable national reputation for providing tailored programs, services and connections to enhance the capabilities of social enterprises in Canberra and region. They've dedicated 100% of their efforts and resources to the singular goal of fostering a social innovation ecosystem and community. Craig joined the organisation in 2021 after an extensive career of achievement and success in various executive marketing, communications and commercial leadership roles within a broad range of private and public sector organisations across metropolitan and regional markets. He's a hands-on business growth manager, enabler and agent of change, who relishes tackling challenges positively and achieving outstanding outcomes. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Craig's insights and lessons learned from helping founders and communities start, grow, and support purpose-driven businesses. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you here, mate. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure's all mine, Tom. Thanks, mate. So kicking off, could you share a little bit about your background, Craig, and what it was that led to this passion of yours in supporting purpose-driven organizations? My career is one of being able to be confident in myself as one door closes, a thousand open, and you just got to have the confidence in yourself to step forward and have a crack, mate. I've worked all over Australia, in Sydney, in Perth, in Darwin, in Brisbane. I'm a Queensland boy originally. I've worked across travel and tourism, hospitality, vocational training, ran my own consultancy. And I've worked in very large organisations on both the private and the public side of things so it's been an interesting career but to me along the journey i've learned that having worked in a large organization in sydney you you know have a lot of focus around you get caught up in sydney and then when you move to regional and remote areas like perth and canberra and darwin you realize that there's a significant amount of disadvantage in those areas i think it's part of my life journey that I just see that we as all citizens should be helpful and supportive of our fellow people. And mm. and having grown up with a, a significant Aboriginal Islander community in Rockhampton in Queensland and 
uh, having been in the top end. I started my career as a recreation officer with the what was then known as the Queensland Spastic Welfare League, which is now the Cerebral Palsy League. So there's just been this aggregation of experiences and personal philosophies and where my politics sit. And then I happened to be at a Canberra Innovation Network event and this incredibly dynamic woman got up to speak looking for mentors. And that, of course, was Cindy Mitchell, our founding CEO. Mm. And I immediately... um, Approached her afterwards to, to become a mentor, which I did with the Millhouse Ventures, and then over time that led me to join them. That's uh, a fantastic background, very diverse in, and obviously rich in, in experience that you bring, Craig. So tell us a bit more then about the work that you're doing. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, sorry, mate, but the, the, the thing about the career is there's lots of success and failures, and there's lots of times when it hasn't worked and things have worked. And so that breadth of understanding of experiences, not just a singular path, has really enriched me as a person and helped in areas of resilience and, and personal strength and conviction about where I am as a human being. Mm, yeah, great points. Really great points. So tell us a little bit more then about the work that you're doing at the Millhouse Ventures and how it is that you are supporting social enterprises and purpose-driven business leaders. Millhouse Ventures was established by Cindy Mitchell and some clever people down here in Canberra from an organisation called Service One, which was an aggregation of cooperative building societies and a little banking organisation. And they saw themselves as a social enterprise bank. And then they were able to connect with people at the University of Canberra who were interested in working to greater learning opportunities with students on real-life issues and enterprises, mm. and particularly those that were social enterprises. So the Millhouse Ventures was formed as a company with them as the founding members, and we're very fortunate, and we've been very fortunate, that um, Cindy Mitchell agreed to become the founding CEO. And the platform has evolved over the time, and then as Cindy was transitioning out, to take on other challenges, I was invited on board and I had the great privilege of working on a daily basis with Cindy and having really fabulous conversations about where the business should go. So originally it was set up to provide those work integrated learning opportunities for students and then Cindy evolved it into providing an accelerator program which they named GRIST, which is our flagship, which GRIST isn't an acronym for anything. It's basically gristing ideas as the farmers did with the mill house. And for me coming on board, I immediately saw the uh, importance, having run my own business and been out there in the private and public sector, immediately saw the value of an accelerator and a, and a goodie. And this grist is a fabulous program. But as well, Cindy and I understood that it's one thing to be involved in the ideation, to encourage ideation, to get people to find a home, to test and validate their ideas, etc. But then once you're actually up and running as a business, you always have needs, opportunities, threats, gaps, particularly a big gap in micro and small enterprises around founders finding time for the strategic work as opposed to being caught up in, in the operational side of things. So we evolved a plan that basically positions the Millhouse Ventures as a through-life supporter of social enterprises in Canberra and region. And so, therefore, 
basically we have programs at the early stage, we have risk accelerator program, then we have a program which we're very fortunate to receive support from the Snow Foundation for a program called Refine, which is basically for those people past GRIST who are now operating, that they might have a particular need or a gap or an opportunity or a threat that they would like support with. Yep. And we're, we're able to provide them that support, either a consultancy service or some spe- specific intervention work. And then recently, we were successful in securing funding from the ACT government to administer the inaugural pilot of the ACT Social Enterprise Grant Program. Fantastic. Uh, that's provided $700,000 over the next two years. 340,000 in year one and 360 in year two to provide matched grant funding to social enterprises in Canberra of amounts of between 10 and 30. And we've just launched that in December. Applications opened at that time. They closed in um, late January and our independent assessment panel has just completed their shortlisting. And next week we go to the Q&A session with the shortlisted candidates for the independent assessment panel to assess who is successful in those grants. So that's very exciting to have that funding support. But as well, the ACT government, we had been involved in discussions over a long period and we're very fortunate in Canberra to have great connection to our leaders in politics, both in a territory sense and federally, in the fact that they also provided some funding for us to be able to deliver what's called scale-up support. Mm. So we're about to launch a new program called Scale for Impact at our program's launch in a couple of weeks' time. So it, it doesn't complete the whole suite, but it shows that we have that ability to be able to support people through their life of social entrepreneurship and social enterprise. Mate. Oh, that's fantastic. And you make some really good points about providing that space for those founders to be working on the business rather than in the business, Craig. So what are some of the major opportunities then that you're observing to better support these founders in tackling social, cultural, environmental issues? You, you mentioned the support is really covering those different stages. Are there any particular points uh, and opportunities that you really are finding? I think coming into the sector, very quickly it became evident to me the importance of proven accelerators to test and validate the ideas. Mm. When I set up my own business, I basically finished work and set up my business. And I just don't think that either in a tertiary area or in the general enterprise space, there is that support for people to test and validate Mm. whether their business will make money. And the thing about risk is it tests simply two things. Through your business, will it make money? Like it doesn't have to make money today, but over this journey, is it something that through trade you can become a profitable business? Because one of the mantras in my life, my career has been, if I don't make money, I don't have a job. And that's the same for business. Now, as I said, there could be a journey along that. It could take five years, could take 10 years. That's perfectly fine and how do we assist the capital needs through that and the lovely thing about what I've been able to learn about the social enterprise is there's this incredible network of proven capability developers who run accelerators like your business Tom Impact Boom and 
uh, Impact Seed and WA, I could name them all. And the fact that we are now getting together as a collective to create this understanding that the accelerator enables social procurement, mm. the accelerator enables capital investment. And rather than the, the ideas be kind of depending upon the salesmanship of the founder, et cetera, as I see on particular TV shows, yeah. the robustness of their ideas is tested with customers. Mm. So it's not me saying that I don't think your idea is going to work. It's basically them learning that process. And I think the most important thing for us to do with our sector is recognise the value of this proven network of accelerator programs that test and validate the ideas that these really clever people have come up with. One of the joys of what I do, Tom, is I don't have to come up with the ideas. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many clever people and they're addressing climate, they're addressing environment, they're addressing community problems. And the other thing is that they're addressing things from just their local community, like many of them are just wanting to solve a problem in their community. They're not interested in scaling up. They're not interested in franchising, but others can. And to have that broad church and being able to support them is really quite fantastic. And to have that on a national basis will prove very beneficial to the development of a well-being and a more inclusive economy across our nation and not just in metropolitan areas, but in regional and remote areas. That's really exciting. Yeah, it certainly is. And Craig, as a very collaborative person yourself, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on the the state of the business for good movement, particularly in Australia, because there's a range of certifications. There's a range of silos, I believe, that are really operating in this space, and in many ways, I feel like it's holding back the the possibility for us to really mainstream this movement, which is fundamental given the climate crisis that we're living in. So where do you see opportunities then to grow this purpose-driven business movement? And what do we need to do to take it mainstream? One of the adages of the tourism game that enabled it to develop to the scale and size that it did was there's an adage in the sector that's called let's not fight over getting people here, let's just get them here. And then they'll choose which of the products and services that they want. That adage applies to the social enterprise sector. And I don't understand silos. I just feel that one of the missing pieces in our community whether it be across social media, whether it's in politics, is the adage to me that it's okay to disagree and people just are getting really ardent in their views. And I I don't see any value in that. I think what I've endeavoured to do is to get out to the sector and to meet people like you and travel, not only in this country but overseas, to talk to people about what it is that they do and to learn from them what they do and look to find what's working and what's not working and make sure that we don't reinvent the wheel. I think that's really important, creating these opportunities. I would like, for example, for there to be an event like the World Forum that we had in Brisbane in, what was that, 2022, Tom? 
Yeah. It would be it'd be great to have a national symposium of social enterprise to be able to create these dialogues and these opportunities. And as well, we need to ensure that we create these opportunities where various parts of areas like accelerators, like us, can get together with other accelerators and learn from each other and be open to having those discussions and sharing experience and our knowledge to the overall benefit. Mm. And also we need to, the initial work of Social Enterprise Australia and all the state and territory bodies, SECNA in our region, has been pretty outstanding. And we need to map out what that constant work is needed because politicians will move on to the next shiny thing. Mm. I think, done that, beautiful, what's our next thing? Whereas we need to keep them coming back to where it's at. We need to be able to tap into the financial sector to be able to explain to them that here is a sector that, while it's very thin in Canberra, but in other markets, there are some real opportunities for investment, but not in traditional terms, like expecting to generate high returns out of the impact space is not going to work. But if they viewed it as a kind of a yield opportunity, you know, I'm, I'm making good money out of these big firms, out of my canvas or whatever, so I can allocate 5 or 10% of my billion-dollar portfolio to social impact organisations and not look for returns but look to solve problems. But that comes from creating these opportunities where we all get together and map this out Mm. And, and that's kind of what I think yeah. where we need to go and not being afraid, as I said, to disagree. I've got a view and I know I'm always listening to your views because you have a different perspective. You have different life experiences, you have yeah. different philosophies and I'm interested in those. Mm, totally, totally. So if you had any advice for the impact-led leaders or founders who are listening in right now, what would you say the top two or three traits that you've observed in those successful entrepreneurs who are also generating impact? The vast majority of founders that we deal with have lived experience of the problem. Mm. But it's very easy to get siloed just into that space. Yeah. So being inquisitive about business about other areas of the world, I think is really important. Just that willingness to be open to have conversations with people and to listen and to learn is really important. And that inquisitiveness about ideas or about the way that people operate their business or how they market it or et cetera, et cetera. All those things are really important. The other one is... Basically, the resilience. Running your own business is incredibly tough. And you're going to doubt yourself. You're going to have a lot of stress. But the fact that you're in control of it is is a very positive thing. And being okay that things don't work and to deal with that and to, to cope with that, finding ways to cope with that and not through drugs and alcohol, but through your loved one's mentors, other colleagues, yeah. mindfulness, just finding those techniques to stay healthy yourself yeah. is really important. As well, I would encourage people 
in Grist, one of the things I constantly talk to our people about is not falling for the trap of your personal identity, your self-esteem being wrapped up in whether this business works or not. Mm. A lot of people, the business, the problem that they're trying to solve or the business they're creating or both, they feel that that their identity is wrapped up in it. Mm. I encourage people not to think like that. Your identity is your identity. You're an adult. You're the person you are. It's not dependent on your worth as a person. Is not dependent upon whether your business is a success or not. Mm. My identity is not wrapped up in the Millhouse Ventures. My identity is my identity. I come to work and I enjoy what I do, but my personal self is not dependent upon whether and that's the experiences that I've had from the successes and failures that I've experienced over my career. You need to separate your sense of self from the business that you're doing. That's a really important thing as well for people to understand. Absolutely. Yeah, some really good points there, Craig. So tell us about a couple of very quickly, a couple of very inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently. I mean, you know, the Millhouse Ventures has an incredible list of successful social entrepreneurs that, that it's supported. But in our last cohort, I think that what stood out for me is, as it is for you, mate, um, picking one or two out of all your cohorts is like picking your favourite child. Yeah, I, I it's almost impossible. But just as an example, I'll give you two examples. One is an example of somebody who's looked to solve a problem just in their community. And that's through the creation of a cafe in a deep south suburb of Canberra called Gordon. And um, Nate and Tara established Little Luxton down there. And they did that because they identified that in their community, there wasn't a place where people could gather and meet their friends or gather um, together outside of the major shopping centres mm. that, that uh, are in the place. And as well, they wanted to support the Gordon Community Centre, who was a place where people came from the area to get support from particularly around supply of foodstuffs, yeah. grocery items, et cetera, et cetera. And so... Uh, they decided that they combine those needs and create this little cafe at the Gordon Community Centre. And it took, it was a very long journey. I think we were originally involved with them in 2018 or 19. And anyway, they opened October last year mm. and they provide a dollar from every coffee sold to the Gordon Community Centre. And they provided $48,000 last year to the Gordon Community Centre. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and now they're looking at how they create employment opportunities for young people in the region to get their barista skills, et cetera, et cetera, customer service skills, et cetera. Mm. But they have no motivation to go anywhere else. And so this is one of the examples that I use often of the length and breadth of social enterprise. And then on the other hand, there was a guy here who established Lids for Kids. So Lids for Kids was a charity that basically identified that through the container deposit scheme at 10 cents, yep. Um, that the lids were getting thrown into the landfill because they were smaller, they can't recycle anything smaller than a credit card. 
he, he created this charity, and it's a national charity now, and they collect these incredible amounts of, of these lids. And he came to us and we said, there's nothing much we can do unless you have a product that you want to use that resource with. So they came back with the idea of building skateboards. So they take this, these lids that are collected through lids for kids and they shred them and they're able to turn them into skateboards. Now, it's the first of many recreational products that this might have opportunities for, but I think this is going to be a global opportunity. And we're working with the University of Canberra, the clever people in their design workshop, to work on modelling about how to make sure that they're strongest. There's three different types of skateboards. There's a display deck, there's a cruiser deck. Wow. Um, and then there's the trick deck, which probably is the one that you use, Tom, for all those fancy tricks that you see people jumping up and around. The other advantage of what they're doing is that the skateboard, which is what you learn when you do the programs that we do, the skateboard's made from a diminishing product, a Canadian maple tree. And so there's a diminishing product, natural product, that could be replaced by uh, this recycled product. But also skateboarders, serious skateboarders go through six or eight or 10 or 12 skateboards every year, mm. and they just get thrown into landfill. The, the amazing thing that we've helped them with is to identify how they can actually make this product, and this is how we came to the name being called Endless Australia, that... If the skateboard snaps, the plastic component, because of the capture process that is initiated, is endlessly recyclable. Mm, that's fantastic. So, so this is just an amazing opportunity. So there's two extremes, and both we're very proud of. Yeah, no, they're great examples. And for the listeners, we'll put links through to both of those organisations and the other ones that Craig has referenced throughout today in his article on impactboom.org. To finish off, Craig... Tell us about a book or two that you'd recommend. I'm a huge fan of Paul Bird. Paul's a Melbourne-based guy who has worked for large, small impact organisations, both from a for-profit and in a charitable sense. Very generous man. And um, he wrote a book in the last couple of years called Purposeful. Mm-hmm. And if I may quote the intro that he has, which comes from the uh, great African-American athlete, Jackie Robinson, who quotes, a life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. So I recommend you look out for Purposeful by Paul Bird. Mm, that's a great way to end the podcast today, Craig. A lovely quote. And very much appreciate you sharing your generous insights and time today. It's been a pleasure to chat and I'll look forward to our ongoing collaboration. It's always a pleasure to have a chat with you, mate. Always, we, we have both fun, I learn, and this is great. So thanks for uh, connecting again. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.